Welcome back to Pop Culture Failure, where we watch a thing from our youth to see how it stands up. I'm Sky. I'm Jake. And we're watching the Animorphs. Uh, we're watching part three of Face Off. Which was originally the premiere of season two? I guess. I think. No faces have come off. Not a single face off. And I'm not super sure if it's a... If it's supposed to be like specific characters that are facing off, or if it's just Animorphs versus Yerks, because that's, that's the whole thing of the yeah, show. Yeah, that's the premise. So it just seems like a weird thing to point out, because they are all over the place. Imagine an episode of Animorphs, but stretched out for three episodes. It's so slow-moving. <laughs> and... Exhaustingly so. Thin. There's just not a lot of plot to go around. But right. there's But there's super Yerks. Yeah, still. That apparently died just as easy, though. If not easier. They... <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Or. 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 We could bail on this. All right. See everyone. just watch The Incredibles and talk about that instead. It's a pretty good movie. It's pretty good. I still didn't see that second one. Yeah? It's real good. Or. You don't have the channel. It's going to say BattleBots. It's probably on the internet somewhere. Yeah. But in any event, let's do this thing. I'm going to hit play. Do it with a little more enthusiasm, Sky. I have had a rough week. Yeah, and this is uh, your weak uh, culture palate cleanser or something. <laughs> Indeed. I probably should have started this because there's like five minutes of recap. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if this is, I guess if this is someone's first episode... Go Talk. back two episodes and yeah. listen to that. <laughs> or go back to the last episode, because it was very thorough that time. That's true. You know, if this is your first episode, just start at the beginning. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, don't come in at three. I mean, thank you for, for listening, but don't come in at three. That's weird. I mean, just start at the very beginning. Turtles and all. <laughs> Turtles, Inhumans, Dudley Do-Right. That way you get the jokes. We don't actually do a lot of callbacks. Don't we? I, I don't think I don't so. remember anything about Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's in it. I guess that's true. So is Alfred Molina. Oh, and that stupid Dylan Dog movie you made me watch. <laughs> that one wasn't actually as good as I remember. I'm going to slap being. your stupid face. Uh, but the, the Tornado Kids, Tobias isn't a bird man anymore. Disc, Tom, he's, he's, he's pool. He's a, he's a boy bird, but he can morph again. Though he's going to be a boy this entire episode. Right? I I. I didn't realize how much I didn't like uh, Tobias's face until we got to this episode. <laughs> when we saw too much of it. It's, I, I missed the bird. We don't even see a single bird in this episode. Nope. Well, like, there's that bit during the opening credits where there's a hawk, and that, that was it. Yeah, opening credits don't count. That's true. Otherwise, we would get to see Jake drum on the curtains every episode, but he doesn't. <laughs> don't look at me and shoot. It's uh, and for those still um, keeping track, we are still in the recap in the episode. <laughs> We're in 11 minutes into the episode. Yeah. The only really thing you need to remember is that they're in the Yerk pool and Jake morphed Tom at the end. So yeah. there are two Toms. What? And he did that thing where he switched back and forth places with him real fast so no one could tell which was which. Right. Because there's no cameras and no infrared and no... No security of any value in this Yerk pool. I mean, I get, I guess when the last like aliens you've taken over are the Taxons, you 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 aren't ready to need cameras, I guess, or something. 
Well, you'll notice the Texans never once make an appearance That's in the show. That's because they're too hard to to make real. Yep. They're gross centipede monsters with mouths on their heads. They're sleeping bags with teeth, right? Pretty much. They are just full of goo. So from the extensive recap, we're now going into the credits. We we still have no new information. I really should have started this a little <laughs> before. I hope everyone is enjoying this lackluster uh, start to our podcast. Um, it's not our fault. It's the lackluster start to the episode. <laughs> I, I mean, we're upset, but I had completely forgotten what happened in the last two episodes when we watched it, so it was very oh, helpful. Um, Nothing. Yeah, that's why I forgot, because nothing happens, ever. Uh, we're almost there. Animorphs. It's all in your hands. Animorphs. And we open up uh, to the, the spider room where all the yurks that don't need Cadrona rays are being uh, dangled. I don't know how this is the most effective way to keep them alive. I don't, they're in, like, spider web sacks. Yeah, and, and some there's... ladies just cradling them, like, a couple of different sacks, like babies. And she yep. wanders off to go infest some people. Um, and you'll notice as she walks by, they're, like, tied at the bottom of the sack like she's bringing home dry cleaning. Yeah. It's so weird. They have not bothered to explain anything about these New Yorks other than they don't need Cadrona rays. Uh, she's also talking to them real weird. Did we say that? Yeah, we She's, didn't. like, talking to them like they're a baby. Yeah. And then, like, we get a cut of the work. We cut over to the Yurk pool, and Cassie and Axe are just calmly standing in line waiting to be infested. While Tobias and Marco just also calmly stand with their hands in their fucking pockets, not doing a goddamn thing. They're standing and waiting to be infested at the Yerk pool, right? Yeah. So that means they're getting basic Yerks. Right. But I thought this plot was to get the New York, New Yerks out there. New York, New York. It's a hell of a alien invasion. <laughs> yeah, so Axe is running low on time because he's been in Human Morph for... X amount of time, and there's no guards watching the line. He could probably just walk away from it. But yeah, that what is that cheerleader in front of him going to tell on him? I don't know. Um, sir, that guy who was here left. <laughs> Whatever. So from there, we cut over to uh, V3 interrogating the Toms. Interrogating's a big word. He's just standing there, like grumbling at them. Yeah, and yelling an occasional question. And honestly, I don't know which one's which. But it doesn't really matter. He's just like, 3v5, to tell me to, who are which one's the real one. And then one of them says, go get the Yerk scanner, because it'll detect Yerks in people's brains. And uh, the guy, who's his subordinate, says, I don't take orders from Yerks, or from Andalites. And it's like, dude, that's just a good idea, though. Go yeah. get the thing. Why are you being a dick about it? And then one of them says, calls him by his Yerk number, and he goes... And V3 is just like, Andalite, you've revealed which, yourself. Which doesn't make sense. Like, he knows the name of his second in command. Does he mean, like, the human name? No, because he said uh, 3772. Right. So he said his name. Yeah. I, I don't understand wh- how he revealed himself. Because the guy, the, the actual Yerk knew the subordinate Yerk's oh, number. So by not saying it, he the other one revealed himself. Right. I thought he was talking to the one who said it. Nah. It's almost like this is weirdly shot and poorly uh, written and confusing. Yeah, and poorly edited. Um, but then Marco and Tobias. Oh, and Rachel's still a Yerk inside of uh, Tobias's brain. Yeah, but BG dubs. 
and she's starting to freak out because reasons. And control Tobias a little bit, which is fun. Yeah. It's actually a little bit of good acting because the kid playing Tobias does look surprised by his arm movements when Rachel uses them to point stuff out. It, it's not bad, but it's not great either. Because why on earth would you have gotten that DNA to morph Rachel from a disc? Well, I, I don't know if it's from the disc. <sighs> well, no, I've just made it up. I, I assume... In the recap, they said it was from the disc. Yeah, it, they they said it the whole time. I just don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? So Tobias goes to find a safe place to drop the yerk out of his brain, his ear or whatever, and she's like, "At any point, you can just do that anywhere, and then yeah. she can demorph. You just, just need hold to hold your hand up to your ear, and she'll come right out yeah, in your. Palm. You don't necessarily need to make her drop on the ground, but Rachel starts freaking out, and Tobias can't quite move properly because she's scared, I guess. But like, I don't know. And then more Yerks just walk around with more of the, the New Yerks. The clothing bags full of New Yerks. Yeah, and it looks like they're just carrying around mummies. Yeah. Kind of. Ch- m- d- mummy children. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And Marco has broken away from the group to wander. He moves open a big door and finds a broom. The quietest opening door you'll ever see. Yeah, especially as... when it's very well oiled. It did, I guess it is a space door. It slides into the wall. Yeah. But it looks really heavy, but he moves it with no effort. So I get, yeah, I, I mean, a really well oiled door, I guess. I guess. Would do that. <laughs> what? Then he pretends to be a Yerk janitor. Like, yes. And some other guy comes up and is like, hey, we need you in the brooding room. I don't know who you are or what your actual job is, but you, right here, not in uniform. I totally right? trust you're, you. You're not wearing the same weird uniform the rest of us is. You're probably fine. Yeah. You have a broom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Regular people don't sweep when they don't have to. I mean, not in strange caves. <laughs> Fair enough. And Tobias finds a weird place, and he just gets down on his hands and knees, and and starts telling Rachel to get the fuck out. And he's like, I want you to get out. It's, it's fine. And then a, a slug falls on the ground, and he's not a controller anymore. Yep. That's pretty it, much it. it. It was weird. Not a Rachel-controlled controller. Meanwhile, Marco is hiding in the area where the Toms and the V3 are. And uh, one of the Toms is like, I don't, I have the disc. It's over there. And Marco realizes that I have the disc. If that one thinks that he has the disc, then he's not the real one. He says it's in his pack, too, by the way. (laughs) So Anandalite stole it, blah, blah, blah. It's very confusing. And V3 complains about getting a headache like he's Rita Repulsa from the fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> Bad guys in the 90s got headaches when things got confusing. It's true. So instead of just murdering them both... Um, right? That that you could just get a new controller. Yeah. You know what else you could do? Go get the fucking device that senses Yerks. Go get the device that senses Morphs. Boom. Done. Whatevs. So Marco goes into the room where all the... The fancy yerks are the, the in their sacks, but as he goes in there because a guy comes out and he's ha- he has an empty sack over his his shoulder. So what happened? Maybe those ones died because apparently they're super fragile. Yeah, I guess they don't need the Cadrona, so they don't ever have to leave their host. So maybe they don't have to be as durable as a regular. Yeah, slug. I guess that's true. But Rachel and Tobias are walking through some caverns and they are accosted by like. Four to six controllers. Yeah. 
Four to six middle-aged men dressed like uh, janitors. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of janitor talk on this one. Yeah. That's what I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Marco still walk. It's it's just all happening so fast, but there's nothing so, is happening. There's so many cuts. They finally go get the fucking remote control that'll show them, y- yes, Yerk, no Yerk. He says it'll take a moment, but we saw earlier... That it dings pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> it goes, oh, yep, you're good. Yeah, but... So Marco finds the thermostat in the the Yerk room, and he turns it up to like ninety or whatever, and it starts killing the Yerks, and they start screeching, and everyone in the facility starts holding their ears. Um, and then real actual Yerk Tom runs over to the thermostat and is like, "They're all dying," or something. I don't. I honestly, I've lost track of who is which. Right. But uh, also, I don't. How did it get so hot so fast? I don't know. Also, this is the second time they've used temperature in like six episodes to to hurt the Yerks. Yeah. You think the Yerks would have figured out a better system? You would have, but nope. So Marco ducks into the grate that Jake hid under earlier while the Yerk sacks start popping or something. And they look like dog do everywhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, they've selected one of the Toms, who they think is the Andalite, and they drag him off instead of just killing him or in trying to infest him. Like, if you put another Yurk in there, you could be like, oh, there's a Yurk in this one. That one's the other there's one. There's no room in here for me. Yeah. Um. But X and Cassie are still just calmly standing in line, and Rachel and Tobias have joined them in the infestation line. Axe is down to fucking 30 seconds before he uh, is stuck as a person. A useless human. Uh, and Marco, uh, cro- uh, he Jack McLean'd his way into a control room of some sort. Yeah, why is the control room so dirty? I don't. Why is it so dimly lit? Why isn't there anyone in there? I guess it's not, maybe it's not as much of a control room as like a. Like well, a, he literally calls it the control. Well, room. Well, he says that, but he doesn't know what it is. I guess that's fair. It's Meanwhile, like a boiler room. Axe is next in line. There's no one holding these people in place, so these are all voluntary controllers, I guess? Right, yeah, like, he just walked into that uh, yeah. room. And Marco picks up a plastic box and throws it, and it sets off, like, like the fucking self-destruct sequence or something, because the whole room, the whole, like, facility shakes, and the, the Yurks who are trying to infest these children bail immediately, and Axe is like, oh, cool, I can demorph now. And it, it, he tries, but it's hard, and he just turns blue instead of an, into an Andalite. Yeah. And Cassie's just like, hey, d- like, finish doing that. And Axe is like, I can't. She's like, well, do it. And he's, I can't. And it does that for a while until they have to go hide. And then Marco morphs a ca- uh, cockroach, and he's, like, nar- narrating his adventure as he's trying to escape the rocks as the whole fucking thing's collapsing in. That one rock reason. falls and bounces as if it doesn't weigh anything. <laughs> it's definitely styrofoam. <laughs> uh, so Cassie brings Axe to a little alcove, and she says it's impossible for him to get stuck, even though it very much is. You have a hawk friend. Yeah. I guess she she, th- I, she did see Tobias, so she knows maybe she can just tap him with the disc and it'll be fine. Yeah, but the disc is synced to Tobias's DNA? Well, I mean... Or is that just to turn Axe, it on the first time? Axe is the brother, so yeah. he's got pretty similar DNA. 
And also, his default form would then be, you know, a blue human. But magically, he's able to be a be an Andalite again. And instead of morphing something useful, or even staying as an Andalite to fucking tail whip some people, he uh, morphs back to teenage kid. Because yeah, uh, that's... Immediately. That is cheaper. But all the fucking tension that was built up, like, hey, I'm stuck in this morph, it disappears immediately. It was meaningless. Yeah. No consequence whatsoever. Tom sees them running out, and he chases them. He should have recognized Cassie, I feel like. Yes. But maybe this one is Jake Tom? We don't know. It'll never be made clear. I think that's part of it. I think that's on purpose, at least at this point. Yeah, but he gets cut off as the caves collapse, um, and the kids escape. And then Chapman brings all these students up to the locker room, and he's like, yeah, there's no tornado. Everybody leave. Game will be rescheduled. And there's so much wrong with the plan. Because these kids are going to find out there wasn't a for- fucking tornado. Also, they clap like when he says they can go home. Yeah. <laughs> so and excited. Also, all of them know about the fucking dungeon under the school now. Right. But the Atomorphs regroup and they're just like, well, oh, hey, there's Marco. I mean, maybe all of them didn't make it under there yet. Bef- like before things went awry. Well, there's at least one cheerleader and we see the cheerleaders out there. Maybe they, maybe they flipped on the Gleep biofilters again, and anybody leaving got ki- murdered. But the kids got out, so I don't know. I don't fucking know. It's really, it's almost as if not a lot of thought was given to yeah. what's happening. Marco was like, uh, there were two Toms, one of them was Jake. And they're like, oh no, we saw one of them get smashed by rocks or something. Um, also, imagine being at the school and there being a tornado warning. And, like, you, you're like, oh, well, I know how this goes. You go sit in the hall and put your fucking head down with your yeah. arms over your head. Uh, and then suddenly they're like, oh, by the way, we have this basement. Yeah. And you're, you're like, so in the last 15 years of, of, <laughs> of fucking tornado drills, you didn't let us go in the basement? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, they realize that Jake may have be, been trapped under rocks. So they're going to go back to the air pool and find him. Find his corpse. <laughs> And uh, while trying to get in there, like the door, the secret door opens, and it's Tom and some controllers, and Cassie hides in the shower, and then it turns out that that Tom is actual Jake, and he demorphs into into Sean Ashmore, including his shirt. I'll say this: the human to human morphing's not terrible no it was pretty neat it was a very subtle change and all like yeah it's very gradual. i mean the worst part is his shirt changing because at one point it just disappears from yeah. the one shirt to the other but he had a jacket yeah and then marco's there there's like hey i'm glad you're not dead now let's get the fuck out yeah let's go to siberia <laughs> i need some the, video games the cafe and free, ca- the- and free colas and, and like i don't know the, 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 not a lot ha- i don't understand what happened what do you mean? They they earthquaked the Yerk pool and then it was better. Everyone got out. Right, but how 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 what did Marco throw that was light enough to pick up over his head that sh- basically destroyed the whole thing? Well, we'll never know. Okay. I mean, theoretically Marco doesn't know either cuz he just he picked just up threw a box. It, yeah. <laughs> but when they get to Siberia on the TV, the TV lady is like Hey, we're looking for Victor Trent. He's wanted in connection with some underground explosions and earth shakes. <laughs> so somehow the authorities knew what S- happened. Some of the, I, maybe some of the kids were like, 
Hey, there's like an underground sex dungeon or something. Yeah, and that guy seems to be in charge of it. Bald, creepy bald guy? Uh, he seems to be with the ringleader and other stuff. So uh, they're at Siberia. Mar- or not Marco. Tobias decides he's going to go play a game and be broody off by himself while the rest of the Animorphs giggle Get and sodas. have soda pops. And they say sorry a lot. They sure do. And some girl comes by and Marco knocks her drink out of her hands or something. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know, but he apologizes to her sometimes. And then he tells her that he saved the world today. Because he's trying to flirt but isn't good at it. There's still a shitload of drinks exchanging hands without anyone paying for them. Yeah. uh, Maybe you're just paying for computer time and drinks are complimentary. Or maybe this is like an exclusive club and you have a membership card. And so when you come in, like, you pay... Marco could thousand dollars a year. <laughs> well, maybe Jake's family bought him a membership for his birthday. <laughs> they are affluent. So Tobias is playing a a, a game called Freedom Flyer, which, which is I, ironic because he's a free flyer. No, he's he's a bird. He's a bird boy. Uh, they do answer in this part. They do answer the question I had because he's like, "Hey, when you were in my head." What'd you see? <laughs> Did uh, you... And she definitely didn't, I guess, didn't have a chance to look around and see all the times he flew past her house as a hawk and watched her undress. Yeah, or she's just being cool about it. Yeah, like she's kind of into it or something. <laughs> I mean, she's uh, I, uh, she's too young for us to be talking about this. Uh, no, we're not talking character. about we're not talking about her undressing. We're talking about Tobias being a Well, creep. I was going to say that maybe that's her kink. But oh. like that's oh you were gonna talk yeah, about it. I I was trying to back away from it, but I uh, but I forced your hand. Yeah, but so I don't know. There's still more talking as as the kids the, don't. The actual animorph. plot wasn't long enough, so they so they had this like epilogue is really long. There's even like a, a poor a part where they cut for a commercial because this goes on for too long. Yeah, and then Axe starts cramming food in his mouth, and then the girl that. Marco was trying to hit on comes over. Her name is Tanya. No, it's Tanya. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's Tanya. And she's in super into Axe because I guess he's because eerily reasons? pretty. He's got fucking food hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. And then she's just like, I love a guy who's passionate about food, which is super fucking weird, lady. But whatever. Maybe that's her thing. I don't want to speculate about teenagers anymore. <laughs> You really should just let people have their things, Scott. <laughs> no matter who they are. But no. they leave. They fucking leave this girl alone with Axe. So yeah. Like, I'm sure he can handle it. It'll be fine. It's not like he immediately says something weird. He says, oranges taste like j- jet fuel or whatever. And then he says, your human food is good. <laughs> It'll go smooth from here, I'm sure. What happens if he gets her fucking pregnant? <laughs> There's a lot of steps in between then and now. Are there? You know, teenagers. Then there. Well, here's the thing. Even if she says, "Hey, do you want to go bang in the closet or whatever?" He's not gonna know what that means. Yeah, she could teach him. I guess. Maybe that's what she's into. <laughs> Stealing virginities. Yeah. Robbing, robbing young aliens of their innocence. I guess that's possible. Uh, Just seems unlikely in a Nickelodeon show. Maybe. But while Axe is revealing to a, a stranger that he's an alien. On accident. The rest of them are mad there's no music, so they all go to pick the wall? some tunes. At the wall. Yeah, I get. I mean, I guess there must be a little bitty jukebox over there on the wall. <laughs> hidden behind Tobias and Rachel. Maybe. 
There's also a lot of weird, like, porthole windows that makes me think that maybe this set is also used for spaceships. It mu- At some point, it must have been. And the, the, the kids do some slow-mo moving, and I think there's more narration, but there's no subtitles at that point. And then it ends. Yeah. Graciously. This is the shortest episode we've done. It's because we, there was fucking nothing to talk about. Also, the episode's not over yet, Sky. Oh, it's not? No, we meant our episode. Oh, uh, well, also, yeah. There is something happening here. Sky, this is the next episode of Animorphs. Oh, did it start over? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say. This is, uh, my name is Eric. Okay, in that case. let's. <laughs> did you think we forgot something? Yes, I thought that maybe we missed oh, the no. post credit scene. No, the show isn't that good. Also, it's it's pre uh, pre MCU, so that wasn't everyone everybody's yeah. fourth thought. Yeah. <sighs> so that's how that ended. <laughs> Good luck with the, these stupid ass questions you're gonna ask me, Jake. Fuck. <laughs> what was the most turtlerific part of well, this episode? I, uh, the most turtlerific part of this episode was Sky Blue Axe, because <laughs> Axe was blue and it meant nothing to the plot. <laughs> It added seconds of suspense, but that was it. But yeah. it was still probably the most suspenseful part of the episode. Yeah. There wasn't really any point where, like, they, it really felt like anybody was in danger. Because right. they were just fucking standing around, and it was right. fine. At any point, they could have gotten out of line, and it would have been fine. This guy, same question, different answer. Uh, Turtle-rific. Let me see. Uh, I think it's turtlerific that Chapman had the forethought to reschedule the big game between whatever <laughs> school and whatever school they are at. One of them was the Vikings. I'm sure the others were the Vikings. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. None of it matters. Uh, and maybe one of the Toms got smushed by rocks. Yeah. Uh, did so? We know Jake Tom didn't die. Did a regular Tom die? <laughs> Probably not. There's an episode later where he's dating Melissa. Oh. So, I don't think so. Way to ruin that. Whatever. There's only six more episodes, right? Something like that. <laughs> uh, who's the most likable or effective character? I'll tell you who's the most effective character, this guy. It's fucking Tanya. She not only got Marco to admit that he's a, an Andalite, <laughs> he got Axe to admit that he's an Andalite bandit. So... She's done more in the 30 seconds she's been on screen than Visitor 3 has done the entire season. You're not wrong. Uh, I'm going to give it to the lady who's creepily ca- cradling the Yerks. Ooh, she was also good. Because she did her job, and she didn't murder any of them, like the that rest of them seemed about. to. And then once the whole place started exploding, she was like, fuck this, and got the hell out. <laughs> Free thinker, that one. She did a good job. <laughs> uh, so, Jake... Yes. What was your pop culture palate cleanser for this I haven't week? done anything like uh, that I haven't already said. I'm still watching Lost in Space. It's such a slow fucking show, you can't watch more than one episode at a time. <laughs> I think I have two left. Um, but also, Katie and I are blasting through Downton Abbey, because that's great. <laughs> it is just straight soap opera, but it's... Did you say downtown? Because it's Downton. I, I don't remember. I know it's Downton Abbey, but I say Downton, Downtown Abbey. Because that's uh, a real word. Yeah, well, no, I just say it because it bothers Katie. Uh, I, but yeah, Downton Abbey is really good. Uh, I love a soap opera that's disguised as something else. <laughs> that's fair. Like Star Wars? Uh, yeah. 
Star Wars is more of a melodrama than a soap opera, but whatever. I don't see a, a huge distinction between those. Uh, no, not really. But this is soap opera in the traditional sense that like there's a lot of people, uh, and some are in love with secret others, twins, and there's yeah, there are secrets. There are machines. secrets abound in Downton Sky. Uh, how about you? How did you cleanse your pop culture palette? I know you had a lot of things happening. Yeah, this week wasn't great. Um, there's there's some stuff that happened. Um, thank you to everybody who reached out and said that everything would be okay or if I needed to talk. Even the people I don't know super well did that, and that's incredibly sweet of you, and I really appreciate it. Um, so uh, if you didn't hear, a uh, family member passed away, so that was kind of rough. So um, I didn't do a lot this week, um, but I did finally get around to grocery shopping. And while I was at Walmart, I saw Isle of Dogs was on sale so I bought Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson movie, and it was pretty rad. Um, it's the stop animation one. I'm pretty sure it's stop animation. Yeah. It yeah. Is. I th- I was going to say claymation, but I knew that was wrong. But I did say the correct thing, so I'm not sure why I told you why I was going to say the wrong thing. Because um, you got to pad up this episode. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anything to it. But it was really good. It, um, it has that star-studded cast, like... They boasted about Bill Murray and uh, Jeff Goldblum and Ed Norton, but they're not in it that much. It's mostly a Brian Cranston vehicle, which is which is fine. I'm not, I'm not against Brian Cranston. That dude's awesome. Um, but it was very well done, and it's like I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It, it it's about dogs and they talk. Are you gonna watch the rest of Wes Anderson's films? Nah. I can't imagine you liking them at all. <laughs> I've seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, and it was fine. I've only seen the Royal Tannenbaums, and it wasn't good enough for me to watch any more of Wes Anderson's movies. So yeah, He's got a very specific style. He sure does. And this one had talking dogs and puppets, so I was all in. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was going to say that. The animation, if nothing else, uh, is up your alley. Yeah. In yeah, yeah. Japan. Yeah. Um, at one point, there's a dog who was a, like a basically secret service, so he has... Uh, I don't want to say missile teeth, but they are exploding teeth, and you can spit them at, and uh, they're robot dogs, and he spits the explodey teeth at the robot dogs. Hey, some of us haven't seen it yet. That's not super integral to the plot. Okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> um, but it, it's real good. I really, really enjoyed it. And then, honestly, I don't remember anything else that happened this week. It's been pretty blurry. Well, you should... Um... Take some time for yourself, watch Downton Abbey, <laughs> and uh, report back to me. <laughs> we'll see. I, I Oh, I watched all of Knife or Death. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's uh, a knife-cutting competition. Uh, that didn't... It sounds like you're chopping knives. Um, what it is is there's a bunch of like obstacles uh, where you have to cut stuff with your favorite knife, and you get a bunch of guys, uh, like six episodes. A bunch of, of really out-of-shape guys. Some of them are actually pretty in shape, and their knives are boss. Some are professional choppers, which is a thing you can be a professional at. And um, the you know the you go through this course and you cut different stuff. And some of these fools came in with knives they barely knew, and they broke. And some came in with swords that just snapped in half and shit. <laughs> a lot of them forged their own blades, and in a super embarrassing moment. Your, the knife that you made for you specifically for this broke. And buddy, that sucks super hard. I yeah. hope you hope you do better next year. Um, 
But I watched the whole thing, and for the final act, or for the like the final competition, they just did the exact same course, but with harder to cut stuff. Yeah. So like instead of doll rods, it was like two by fours. Hmm. And instead of um, like one bucket, it was two buckets. And I was like, this is kind of unimaginative, guys. Well, how much stuff can you cut? People, I guess. I, yeah. Well, they had dangling giant fish and stuff. Yeah, but I think in the final one, if you made it that far, you should get to stab a person. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get the, like The final murders. episode, should, it's called Knife Fight. Just have them knife fight. Yeah, just, tape their arms together. Yeah. <laughs> tape well, the knives of their hands. Whoever's left is the winner. That's how it works. And then you get $20,000. And a handshake from Goldberg. <laughs> Actually, he hugged the guy. Oh, even better. Yeah. But, um, but I, don't, I wouldn't recommend watching it, especially not alone, like I did. <laughs> I watched half of the first episode with you. It's ridiculous and stupid and completely unnecessary. The first episode is the worst. Um, oh, that's the one I saw. Yeah. There's one who, who... There's some guy from, like, Tennessee or something, and he's got this crazy big knife, and he d- decided that he's a pirate or something because he's got a gold tooth, and it's like, don't, take it back a little bit, man. It That is... You don't just get to decide you're a yeah. pirate. I mean, yeah, you got a pretty sweet knife, and you seem to be really good with it. So, you know, I'm not gonna talk too much shit about you, but also, <laughs> you're you're a guy. You're not a pirate. Katie <laughs> said I couldn't have a gold tooth. They asked. <laughs> yeah, but if you just do it, it's not like she's gonna chip the t- the gold off your teeth. That's true. Do they just encase your tooth in gold, or do they? Is it a solid gold tooth? I believe they just plate it. Oh. I, but I guess it could depend on how severely damaged the tooth they're fixing is. Uh, what if there's nothing wrong with my tooth and I just want a gold tooth? Then I bet they'd still do it. Hmm. I have a dentist appointment in August, so we'll see Why what happens. Ask? Yeah. Hey, can I make one of these a gold tooth? Can you do every other tooth gold? <laughs> <laughs> and I want the other tooth to be silver. I want to look like tinsel. <laughs> I want it to look like I am wearing a grill at all times, please. Maybe I should just get fitted for a grill. There you go. It's probably cheaper. There's probably a kiosk at the mall. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, if not, I know what we're getting, uh, in, the business we're getting into, Sky. Which? We're going to make grills for people. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, we use aluminum foil and it hurts everybody who it wears like them. It's like a son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, no ladies made it to the end of Knife or Death. Well, rats. Which was unfortunate. There were several pretty good competitors um, but they were often like just li- literally physically shorter than the, the male participants. Uh, so they couldn't reach as the, like, there's a segment where the weight, the, the object is like counterweighted and you need to make the weight hit the ground by chopping like rocks or something out of a box. And eventually they couldn't reach it anymore. So they couldn't get it. Couldn't you conceivably just throw your knife up into it? And well, yeah, but then you don't have your knife, and then you can't uh, reach No, it. you have to do it in such a way that it, it definitely comes out. Oh. Well, then I don't feel like it would be an effective pierce. I don't know, man. There was a dude who was like, I'm a butcher, and I brought a steak knife. And the guy who tested the blade beforehand is like, this isn't going to do it, but all right. <laughs> Here you go. And then, shockingly, didn't do it. Yeah. It's because it was very thin, and you can't slice through a fucking, like, mylar bucket with a steak knife that easily now we know yeah well i knew from the get-go this guy i did not he was like i have a knife eight hours a day in my hand i'm gonna be better than anybody and then he 
had a lot of trouble with the doll rods. <laughs> it's almost like um, he's just cutting through meat. Yeah. You know. Soft, non-moving, on-a-table meat. Yes. There's a lot of freestanding, dangling objects that you have to cut through. And when there's no counterweight, it just kind of moves wherever it goes. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I did. Um, so I think that'll probably end up, you know, doing it for yeah, us here. Probably. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> once again, um, thank you for everybody for your kind words and thoughts and stuff. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you want, you can follow the show at Failed Pop Culture with No E at the end. You can email the show at popculturefailure at gmail dot com. You can follow me at Sandwich Surplus. I'm at Midwest Love Affair. And we will see you next week with um, Enter Eric. What was it? My name is Eric. My name is Eric. It's about the Chi. They're robots that love dogs. They're also robot dogs. Or something like that. Yeah. No, that's it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Great. And that'll be that. So we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. We gotta throw that thing away and get him a new one. It is, he should not be eating rubber probably, right? I'm not a dog expert. (laughs) I'm no nutritionist, but rubber isn't in the food groups, I don't think. He definitely eats it. I've seen him.